Good morning and welcome. Uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, welcome to our Christ First uh, online Christmas service, a celebration of uh, Jesus' birth. <laughs> the recording is in progress, in case you didn't know that. Like uh, many of us, we've had to sort of adjust and do things on the fly, so this isn't quite what we planned this year, uh, but hopefully you're going to enjoy this morning. We've got some fantastic stuff lined up. We're going to have a choir leading us in singing some carols, which they'll begin to do in a moment. We're going to have uh, the nativity story uh, told in a, hopefully a, a, a different way to have perhaps how you've heard it for a long time. And uh, then a bit later on, I'll be bringing a short message. Uh, but most importantly, if you're, uh, not, if you're prone to sort of drift off as people are talking, you need to pay attention because there will be a quiz about some of the stuff that's said, some of the stuff that you'll see. So you need to really pay attention, particularly uh, you younger ones. You need to keep a, a beady eye out and listen up well because there's a quiz later on. Uh, so you need to pay attention. Uh, just some housekeeping bits for uh, members of Christ First and those who are sort of joining us. Uh, across the, the Christmas period, we had some events planned. There's been some changes to those events uh, in light of the current situation. Uh, and those have been communicated by email and on Facebook, those sorts of things. But just to remind you of those, the Carols by Candlelight service this afternoon is now cancelled. That's not happening. So to please don't turn up here later. You will be on your own. The doors will be locked. It will be cold probably. Uh, and then on Christmas Eve, the, the Christmas Eve reflection service, that will be online only. So you can still sign on using the same Zoom link as you've used uh, this morning to that. And then on New Year's Day, uh, we've got a walk together, uh, providing there's no changes to uh, rules and those kinds of things. Uh, we'll be walking together in Casterbury Park, meeting at 9.30 outside Daisy's Cafe. And then on the 2nd <coughs> of January, we'll have our first meeting in the hub, uh, to gather together just for a short time of prayer and uh, praise and worship uh, as a church family to sort of gather together after the Christmas break. Uh, the other thing to sort of mention, uh, as I said, is there's a quiz, and so you need to really uh, concentrate on that. But I'm going to hand over now to uh, Marion and the choir who are going to lead us in singing our first carol. <laughs>
reading is from Isaiah 9, verses 2 and then 67. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Would you like to hear a story? Come on then. Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Once upon a time. Yes, the Christmas story, like all good stories, starts once upon a time. Only unlike most good stories, no one made it up. The Christmas story really happened. Once upon a time, and in a place named Bethlehem, the Christmas story happened. Now, Bethlehem is in Judea, and Judea is far away and hot. Not like England, cold at Christmas time. Then, once upon a time, in this village called Bethlehem, a village nestled in hills where the grey sheep grazed and shepherds watched over them and looked after them. And there, that's where the story starts, in Bethlehem. And to mark the place called Bethlehem, each year we build, at Christmas, a model we called a crib. And our crib stands here. And as we tell the story, we shall put the people in their places in the crib. Now, in the village of Bethlehem, there was a house where people stayed. And this house and all the other houses and inns on this night were very, very full of people. For the government had passed a law. In order to count everybody and to get their income tax, they had ordered that everyone must return to the place where they were born. So the houses were crowded and busy and noisy and people talking and exchanging stories and singing and having fun. But go out to the back door of this house and you will find a stable where the animals are kept. It is quiet in the stable. It is not too cold because the animals keep it warm. But it is dark in the stable. As yet, there is no light there. Only the donkey and the camel stand there with their breath warming it up. Here are our animals for our stable. And while we sing our next carol, we will put them in their places. And our carol is Once in Royal David City.
Luke chapter 1 and verses 31 to 33. You, Mary, will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Thank you. All right, so, like the t-shirt, uh, time for the quiz. So, uh, kids, if you're listening, if you've got a pen and paper handy, you're going to write down these answers. At the end, we'll do two rounds of the quiz. The next one's going to be observation. You have to look around what's going on on the set today. In case you didn't figure it out, we are actually in the hub. That is not a real fire. Uh, the choir are over there. Otherwise, Brian will be roasting by now. Um, so... Uh, you need to be looking at what's around because in the next half of the quiz there'll be questions about what you're seeing during the service. But this is firstly a general knowledge bit, so five questions, write down your answers. At the end of all today we'll ask you how many did you get and the winner will get 48 boxes of meat pies and 22 bottles of mulled wine because we've got a bit of a surplus, <laughs> frankly. Um, anyway, here's your questions. Number one, on Christmas Day, what would you find a joke inside of? So on Christmas Day, what would you find a joke inside of? Uh, number two, how many doors would you open on an advent calendar before Christmas Day arrives? So how many doors would you open on an advent calendar before Christmas Day arrives? Next, when building a snowman, which vegetable is often used as the nose? When building a snowman, what vegetable is often used when, um, when uh, building a snowman, what do you use for the nose? Uh, number four, what is the day after Christmas Day called? What is the day after Christmas Day called? And number five, which plant is prickly with green leaves and red berries and is a traditional Christmas decoration? All right, kids, that's your five questions. So write your answers down and we'll find out later. I'll give you the answers, see how you did. From now on, you have to be watching really carefully. In fact, you should have been already, frankly. Uh, we'll ask you questions on the service in a little while. Back to Grandpa Brian. <laughs> Thank you very much. See our animals? In a break, right. So the animals waited in the stable behind the house where lots of people were talking and, sang and singing. But go out of the front door of the inn of the house and look up the village street to the corner by the shop where the road swings up and over the hills. And around the corner come two people a man and his arm tenderly round a young woman. And they move very, very slowly because they've come a very long way, all the way from Nazareth, a town several days' journey away. And they also move very slowly because the woman is going to have a baby soon. And we know what no one else in the village knows, that this baby's going to be born tonight. And the man is Joseph, the carpenter from Nazareth, and Mary. And Mary has been told by an angel that the baby she is carrying is very important. He will bring the light of God into the world. He, he will grow up to make people friends with God. Mary and Joseph, they stop at the house. They, they knock on the door, they ask for rooms, but there are no rooms. 
the town is very busy and all the rooms are taken. Now, I don't know who first thought of the stable, but I like to think it was kindly meant that the, the best the landlord could do in the circumstances. So they went round to the stable at the back, Mary and Joseph, on Christmas Eve, and made themselves as comfortable as possible. I hope the landlord's wife uh, brought them a blanket or two so that they could be more comfortable in that stable. I'm sure they kept the candle, the candle lantern, away from the straw, don't you? And there, by the light of the lantern, Jesus was born. God, who made all things, let himself be made into a helpless baby. And his mother laid him in a cattle trough because she had no better cot. Look, here is our baby for our crib. How tiny it seems in this hall. But not more tiny than Jesus seemed just coming into the world that he had come to save. And look, we're going to light a candle. And it's going to go up here. And we're going to light it because Jesus was the light coming into the world. God's light coming into the world. John 1, verse 1 to 5. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. And while we sing our next carol, Joseph and Mary and the baby will be put into the crib, and that carol is away in a manger.
So, kids, for the first round of the quiz, let me give you the answers. We're trusting you to score yourselves on this. So let me read out the answers. Then the second round, it's all about observation. So you're going to have to figure out things as you've gone along. And we'll ask you to answer the questions, not after the quiz, but now, so that you don't then try and do the observation afterwards. Anyway, listen, right, here's the first five questions. So on Christmas Day, what would you find a joke inside of? That's a cracker. You get a point if you got that. How many doors would you open on an advent calendar before Christmas Day arrives? That's 24. When building a snowman, which vegetable is often used as the nose? That's a carrot. Um, what is the day after Christmas called? Boxing Day. And which plant with prickly, prickly green leaves and red berries is the traditional Christmas decoration? That is holly. So if you got all those right, you're on five points. You now got the chance to get six more points. So you have to answer these as soon as possible because obviously straight after this, you can start looking. And we'll just see if you've managed to keep up so far. So the first thing is, which two toy animals are in the stockings on Grandpa's fireplace? Let me try and get in the way of them. Okay. So which two animals are in the stockings on Grandpa's fireplace? If you know the answer to that one, write it down. This you'll have to remember now. Name three instruments in the music video that you just saw. Name three instruments in the music video you just saw. This one's going to be easy. What color is Grandpa's rocking chair? What color is Grandpa's rocking chair? Do you know? Write it down. All right. What falls off Will's head while he's playing electric guitar in the video? Here's if you, can, you were paying attention from the beginning. Whose city did we sing about in the second song? So write that down. And then, what colors are the, are the grandpa's paper chains? So what color are the paper chains in grandma's front, uh, grandma, grandpa, sorry, Brian, <laughs> grandpa's front room? You get a bonus point if you can tell us what they're actually made of. So you can see them behind me, no doubt, okay? But you get a bonus point if you can figure out what are they made of. So what colors are they, and what are <laughs> they made of? Okay, I'm going to hand back to grandpa now. So over to you, sir. Thank you very much. <clears throat> now, up on the hills which stand guard around Bethlehem, there were some shepherds. They were camping out all night in the open to protect their sheep from wolves. On this night, they huddled over a fire because it was cold at night on the bare hills. And suddenly... And suddenly above them, there was a great light. And in that light, there was a shape, a great shape. And it was moving, and it was very white, white like the light. It was an angel of God. And the shepherds were very, very frightened. But the angel said, Do not be afraid. I have good news for you. There is great joy coming. Today in this city of David, a rescuer has been born the Messiah sent from God, the Lord of heaven and earth. And this is your sign. You'll find a baby lying all wrapped up in a manger. She stopped speaking. And then those shepherds heard the most wonderful sound. They heard the singers of heaven. And they were singing, Glory, glory to God <clears throat> in the highest heaven, and on earth his peace. Then the voices stilled. And the brightness faded. 
and the shepherds were left all alone on a cold hillside beside the fire and under the stars. When the angels had gone, the shepherds stirred and they looked at one another uh, as if they were waking from a dream. And one of them said, Come on, we must go to Bethlehem and see what has happened. And you know, they set off immediately. The story doesn't tell us who stayed to look after the sheep. But the shepherds went down the winding path to Bethlehem, far below in the valley. They came through the still streets where everyone was sleeping, except for two people who were looking after a baby. And they found their way to the stable, and they opened the door as quietly as possible. And the animals took no notice of them. Only Mary and Joseph smiled a welcome. It seemed the most natural thing in the world that ordinary people should come to Jesus. And as we put our shepherds uh, on the crib, we're going to sing our next carol, which is a first, the first Noel.
verse 14. The virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Later on, <clears throat> wise men came from far away. And they came to find and worship one who was a greater king than any of them. They had seen a bright, unusual star in the sky, and they followed it all the way to Bethlehem. The wise men came dressed in fine robes, riding on their camels. They might have expected to come to a fine palace. What do you think they thought when the star stopped over a stable and they went in and found a baby? They brought with them gifts of gold, because this was a king. Frankincense, because this baby was God. And myrrh, because this baby would die. We will place their figures to complete our crib. And now we have our scene around Jesus in the manger. Mary, his mother, Joseph, ordinary people like you and me. People who are very, very still because they want, they are meeting Jesus for the very first time. And that is what I want us to do this Christmas. Meet Jesus and know him as our friend. Our Father God, we thank you for this wonderful story. And we thank you that it really happened. We thank you that Jesus was born as a baby, like we are. That he grew up, that he went to school and became a carpenter in Nazareth. We thank you that he is the saviour promised to the shepherds. Help us to meet him this Christmas. Please accept our thanks. For Jesus' sake. Amen. And now we sing another carol. Come and join the celebration.
I hope uh, you've enjoyed uh, some of that this morning, that you are joining the celebration, that you are sharing in the jubilation of Christ being born, Jesus coming into the world. It's, it's fantastic. In our home, uh, <laughs> when I'm uh, feeling, uh, uh, well, that I'm brave to, <laughs> to annoy Megan, I like to sing Christmas carols, full Cockney football chant, because uh, I think that's how they should almost be, be sung, like a song on the terraces. Um, there's some particular ones <laughs> that I enjoy, but uh, Megan doesn't find it quite as enjoyable as I do. Uh, so you can sympathize with her and perhaps pray for her as well. But I, I want to share with you uh, this morning something that I think uh, is, is hopefully helpful for us and timely for us, that this celebration, this jubilation, it's not unfounded. It's, it, there's reason for it. And uh, in our home, I'm sure many of you will know us, but if you don't know, we've got three children. We've got Millie, Lara, and Joseph. And uh, we want to try and teach them as they grow up what Christmas is really about, what the, what the meaning of Christmas is, what the, what the true, uh, what is Christmas. Uh, Joseph is two. He's, he's coming up to three. and It'll be three in March. But he uh, is talking now, and he, but he can't quite grasp some concepts. And so this year, he has discovered Christmas. And according to him, uh, when we're driving around in the car and we see some Christmas lights, he will declare, it's Christmas. He's discovered Christmas. He points at it. Or if he sees a Santa Claus, he will point and say, it's Christmas. Megan uh, took him to, they were getting the tree from B&Q. Other retailers are available as well. But... uh, (laughs) They were getting the tree from B&Q, and as they walked in the door and there were all the Christmas lights, he spread his arms wide, lifted his head, and shouted, It's Christmas! Because he had discovered <clears throat> Christmas. Now, what he hadn't, he hadn't discovered Christmas, he had discovered some of the trappings that go along with Christmas, some of the, the fun things that we get to enjoy at this time of year. Each year, as a family, we have to fight to and I use that word intensely, to sort of claw back our gaze and our attention to this is what Christmas is really about. This is the real meaning or meanings of Christmas. Because it's very easy to get caught up in presents and lights and trees and miss what those things all represent or what those things are all meant to mean. Last week, Will, if you were with us, challenged us to say, what are we most looking forward to about Christmas? What do we most look forward to? And maybe it's, <laughs> he said that, it's, that Christmas will be over. Um, but what is it that you most look forward to? I, I, and I think that's important, isn't it? To, what do we most look forward to? But also, what does Christmas really mean? I think there's lots of answers to that question. We can think that it, it means it's, time to, it's, it's about spending time with family. That's what, that's, the, that's what Christmas is about. What is Christmas really about? And take a moment to think about that for yourself. Christmas, is, what is it really about? Is it about good food? Is it about getting that thing for yourself that you always wanted or someone else getting it for you? Is it about traditions? Sticking with, the, you know, we, we've always done this and so we're always going to do that. I saw someone yesterday uh, on a social media uh, platform had said that they started a new tradition <laughs> because of last year the lockdown of going for a drive through <laughs> McDonald's watching a, fi- a Christmas film in the car and driving around to see lights and they would created this new tradition and they did it again this year even though obviously 
restrictions are not the same. Megan and I want our family to grow up knowing the real meaning of Christmas, that it's not just about tradition. It's not about spending time with family. It's not about getting gifts or choosing presents. Those things are all fantastic. They're all great. They're all ways of celebrating, but they're celebrating something. And so this morning, I just want to remind us of one of the core realities of Christmas, one of the core meanings, which is hope. And uh, I think this is a timely message, isn't it? We, uh, I don't know about your, you, but for myself, I felt these last four days even in particular, my hope levels have dipped. There are a number of reasons for that, but the Bible says this in Isaiah 9. We heard it read earlier. It's a very famous passage that's often read at Christmas, and it says this, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. I don't know how you feel coming into Christmas this year. I don't know how you feel about your plans that you had for Christmas, about the things that you wanted to do, about the way that this year was going. I think for the last two years, perhaps even, 18 months maybe, we felt a bit like a people that are walking in darkness, a people that are in a land that is covered by darkness. And there need to be moments of hope. There need to be moments of light dawning in. We use that as an expression, don't we? There's light at the end of the tunnel. If you're in a dark tunnel and you can't see anything, it's a bad situation. But then, as you sort of take a few more steps forward, a, a pinprick of light appears. There's light at the end of the tunnel and you head towards it. Instinctively, you head towards it. Hope is a wonderful thing. It's fantastic. We've heard from Brian, Grandpa Brian, uh, and some others, how the story of this baby who was born at Christmas, this Jesus, how this light at the end of the tunnel came into the world. So I'm not going to sort of go through that again. But it's interesting, isn't it, that this baby is such a, a fuss is made about this baby. Did you know that in the UK, since 1887, over 650,000 babies are born every year. That's the lowest number is, I think, 657,000, but it's normally much higher than that. So every year, 650,000 babies, at least, since 1887. So why was it such a big deal that this baby was born over 2,000 years ago, over 2,000 miles away? I wonder who will remember my birth in 2,000 years, probably no one. Maybe if I, <laughs> if I do something uh, particularly noteworthy, uh, hopefully a good noteworthy thing. Um, but I, I don't think people remember that I was born or where I was born. Maybe with the internet that's changed. But I, I was born, I'll put it out there for posterity, I was born in Radcliffe Road uh, in uh, Wealdstone. So not at a hospital, I was born at home. Uh, me and my siblings were all born at home because my mum is an absolute iron lady uh, of some description. I don't know how she did that. But <clears throat> what was so special about this baby that we remember at Christmas time? His birth was important because his birth had a purpose. He was born with purpose. The people who followed God were waiting 
for a Messiah. They are waiting for a hero to be born. Someone who would free them from the oppression that they were in. That they were being, they were captive effectively. They were in slavery. They were enslaved. And there were hundreds of prophecies about this this hero who was going to come and save them. The one they were waiting for. And there were little things about him and there were big things in these prophecies. And one of those was where he would be born and what would happen to him in his life. Those were the, the kinds of things that were included it's difficult to, I mean, you could argue that Jesus, you know, looked at the Old Testament, the prophecies as he grew up. He thought, oh, well, I could do that thing. I could do that. And he could sort of manufacture these prophecies to become true about him. But it's very difficult to manufacture the place of your birth. I wonder if you've thought about that. It's difficult to have any influence over that. I mean, maybe, uh, you know, I'm not sure of the awareness of babies in the womb. Some say they've got, you know, children can remember it, what it was like in there. But there's very little you can do to influence the decision of where you're born. But actually, in the, in the Bible, Jesus' birthplace is predicted. He said he will be born here and he'll be raised there. There are these prophecies about Jesus that come in the Old Testament. In Isaiah 9, it was read earlier, it says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government shall be on his shoulders. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He was this hero that they were waiting for. Micah 5 tells us that Bethlehem would be his birthplace. And so as they're waiting for this hero, this Messiah, the the people of God are expectant. An angel appears, as as we heard, to Mary. and says that she's found favor with God, that she's going to have God's son. as we heard that he would be the one who would rule and reign. So it echoes that passage in Isaiah. And then an angel appears to Joseph and tells him that to call the child Jesus because he will be the one who saves people from their sin. And it's this moment, as we sort of have looked at this moment, that after hundreds of years of waiting, the people of God, the, the, the hero they've been waiting for has arrived or seems to have arrived. It seems like he's here. And oh, could this be it? Could, could this baby be the one? Hope begins to stir. Hope that he might be the one that brings them freedom, might be the one that would free them from slavery, that would overthrow their oppressors. And as these different prophecies are matched up with his birth and his life, Hope begins to grow. His life goes on as he, as he fulfills more and more of these prophecies, over 300 of them. People are looking at him going, this, this is the guy, this, this could be it, this could, he could be the one. And then there's a twist in the story. This hope has reached fever pitch. It's at its peak. And then Jesus dies. There's a book in the Bible called Proverbs, and it's a collection of these great sayings, these uh, really wise sayings and proverbs, as is in the title. And there's one that says this in Proverbs 13, verse 12. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. I don't know if you can identify with that feeling. Perhaps if you cast your mind back to Christmas last year, 
when the announcement was made that actually, you know, it wasn't, but Christmas is cancelled for all intents and purposes. If there was a moment where, oh, my heart feels a bit sick. I feel a bit, oh, just sunken down inside. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. I wonder if you can think about how these people might have felt. They've been waiting, waiting eagerly for this hero. And he arrives. This seems to be the guy. This baby has grown into the man that we've been waiting for. And yet he died. The disciples, how they would have felt. Their hope deferred. What would they have longed for? The second half of that proverb says, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. A longing fulfilled is a tree of life. It, it just continually gives life. Those who were waiting for Jesus, for the Messiah, were expecting him to come as a, as a kind of military leader to overthrow their oppressors and to establish themselves, uh, their nation as the king the kingdom of all kingdoms, the ones that would rule over the world. Instead of bringing this physical freedom, this physical kingdom, as it were, Jesus came to offer himself as a sacrifice. His birth had a purpose. His life had a purpose. He was going to offer himself as a sacrifice to pay for all of the wrong things that we have done. All the things that have been done by me that are wrong, and you, and everyone else. Jesus came to pay the price for those things. Through his death and resurrection, he won not a physical freedom, a physical victory as such, but a a spiritual one. He didn't win a physical nation's victory. He won a spiritual victory for everyone. For anyone who would choose to believe and follow him, he has won a victory for you. It must have been a bit confusing for them, those people back then. They've been waiting for Jesus. It's a bit like if you were waiting for a bike on Christmas Day and you, had, you went downstairs and by the tree there was wrapped a present in the shape of a bike. And you, you thought, this is it got the bike that I wanted and then you unwrap it and it's just a small box oh I wanted a bike it wasn't what they were expecting you see Christmas only makes sense in light of Easter the Easter story that Jesus died and rose again Christmas is unwrapping that present initially and maybe thinking, oh, this is a bit strange. And then Easter, you discover the box, open the box, and there's the key to a motorbike inside. You thought you were going to get a push bike and actually you got an e-bike or a motorbike or whatever is better than a, a normal bike. Because what Jesus did was so much better than win a physical victory for a nation. Because his, the hope that he gives doesn't just, wasn't just for that people in that time. It extends to us today. Jesus didn't just die. He died and rose again. 
And that gives us hope that things will be better. Because he said this, this, um, this is a broken world. It's full of hurts and disappointments, but it's not meant to be that way. The world was never made to be like this. Jesus says in the book of Revelation that one day God will wipe every tear from their eyes, from his people's eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Behold, I am making all things new. One day God is going to remake the world and put things back the way they were always meant to be. There'll be no more death. There won't just be no more daily death tolls. There'll be no more death, period. I love it when it snows at Christmas and it's just completely fresh and no one has walked in it. There's nothing there. And you just look at it and it's, it's, it's almost blinding, isn't it? People talk about snow blindness where the light comes off and you just, it dazzles you. Isaiah says this, Isaiah 1. Let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. We can have hope, not just of a white Christmas maybe, but hope of a white life, a white, perfect, crisp life. That though the things that we've done wrong are scarlet red. Imagine a field, I don't know if you've ever seen something like this, but a field of snow and then someone's tracked through it with, you know, driven through it with muddy tires or whatever and it just churns up the mud and it just looks dirty. Our lives can be like that and actually what, what happens is through Jesus' death and resurrection, our, white, our lives can be white like snow. This Christmas and New Year, if you find yourself in a situation that feels hopeless, if you begin to feel that your heart is sick, maybe the hope that you had has been deferred, who knows what's going to be announced in the next few days about restrictions and post-Christmas lockdowns, those kinds of things. If there's a moment where you feel, oh, I've, I was hoping to do this and my heart feels sick because that hope has been deferred, remind yourself, Remember Jesus, who brings a tree of life, uh, one that sort of a, a, a plant that's rooted into your life, rooted into you, the core of your very being that can, at any moment, you can just go and sit in its shade. You can eat of its fruit and think, oh, actually, there's a, a longer-term hope that I have. There's a, an eternal hope that I have in Jesus. Because Jesus' birth, that we remember at Christmas had a purpose. It's remembered because he was born to go on and fulfill his mission. I'm going to read to finish words from a song, uh, but I'm going to just read them. I'm not going to sing it to you. Uh, we've already had some fantastic singing, uh, so I won't ruin that, won't tarnish it. These are the lyrics uh, to a, a song that's called Born to Die, and it tells this message of Jesus birth and the purpose of that when the babe was born in a manger on the hay god saw a veil torn he saw good friday 
he was born to die. Gold was laid before the Christ, incense his presence is sweet, myrrh to signify victory over death's sting. He was born to die. It came in a dream to Joseph late one night that Herod sought the king but could not take his life. He was born to die. He said, you don't take my life. You won't take my life. You don't take my life. I lay it down. We came here today to celebrate his birth, but let us not forget why Jesus came to earth. He was born to die. As you remember Jesus, as you reflect on the Christmas story this year, remember it only makes sense in the light of the Easter story. He was born to die and rise again and give us hope. I pray you have a fantastic Christmas and be blessed. We're going to sing another carol now. And then Andy's going to give us the quiz answers a bit later on. Merry Christmas to you and all your family. Be blessed. checking we've got good sound here otherwise I'm talking away to myself is that all good 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 all right uh tech we had to do a lot of that at the last minute as well um yeah if you want prayer for anything at all so there's a lot going on in the world at the moment as you can imagine so just want to make sure you're aware there's a prayer team standing by right now ready to pray with you uh, live and um if there's something about the message today or just something about Christmas that you're struggling with you appreciate for some people 
it can be a difficult time. Um, again, just type prayer in the chat, and there's a prayer team standing by. So even when I'm giving these answers to these quiz rounds, uh, if you want to be prayed for, type prayer in that chat. As always, we've got a lovely team standing by, ready to pray with you. All right, here are the answers to the quiz. And if you get these right, we want you to also type that in the chat. How many did you get right, kiddies? So if your parents can help you at the end of this, you can type in the chat how many you got right. We'll be curious to hear. And as I said, the first prize is, uh, is, is 27 boxes of mince pies. Um, but anyway, uh, I'm just kidding. But I don't want to expect that. Don't start uh, expecting that. <laughs> All right, so uh, this is round, the round two. So um, which two toy animals are in the stockings in Grandpa's fireplace? You'd have to be pretty observant, actually. Uh, it's a kangaroo. That's a kangaroo. And over this, yeah, very Christmassy, huh? And this one over here is an elephant uh, toy. So if you got that right, you get the point. Uh, you can give yourself a half point if you've got one of the two. Name three instruments in the music video. That was there's piano, drums, bass, electric guitar, xylophone. We'll even allow synthesizer if you want. They were all in the video. Um, what color is Grandpa's rocking chair? Well, it's actually in the room, turquoisey blue, but on camera it looks green, so we'll go with any of those. So if you put green or turquoise or blue, that'll work. Red, you're wrong, okay? Um, what fell off Will's, uh, Will's head while he was playing the electric guitar? That was the headphones. Uh, that was very funny when that happened in the studio. Uh, uh, whose city did we sing a song about in the second song? That's quite a difficult one. David, once in Royal David's city is the answer there. And finally, the last question was, what colors are in Grandpa's paper chain? So that's one point if you get the colors right. The colors are red, orange, and green, or except amber. So they're red, orange, and green, if you notice them. And you would get an extra point if you figured out what they were made up from. So now you know the colors. They were our COVID-safe <laughs> wristbands, yeah? So they're our COVID-safe wristbands that have made paper chains. We thought we might put them to good use um, and make some fun out of something that's been pretty challenging so there you go so if you tell us how many points you got type it in the chat window be nice to see how many you got if you got I think you can get 12 with that bonus point um, then you you win uh, <laughs> and you can just congratulate yourself um, but however many you got hopefully you enjoyed it uh, again from me we do pray you have a wonderful Christmas time together guys um, clearly um, it's a challenging time in so many regards but it's also a, a time to remember what Jesus Christ has done for us so please do uh, type prayer in the chat window if there's anything you want prayer for. Otherwise, we'll see you at the upcoming events, the Christmas Eve um, into Christmas morning, 11.30 uh, at night to 12.30 in the morning. We're going ahead online only you, through the usual login, as Aaron says. So that's half past 11 at night on Christmas Eve through to half past midnight Christmas Day. Um, the New Year's Day walk we'll let you know about, and we're physically, hopefully, back together as a church on Sundays on the 2nd, but we'll keep you guys fully informed of what's going on, as you can imagine. All right, bless you guys. We're going we're gonna to play quietly in the background. There'll be no sound. The photographs from the Photography Club, if you missed them at the beginning, but also the room is open, so if you want to stay in the room and just chat with people, you can, but as I said m uh, several times now, if you want prayer, just type prayer in the chat. We'll put you in those prayer rooms, and then you can come back into the main room and chat if you wish. Bless you guys. Have a wonderful Christmas and hopefully see you soon. Bye-bye.